that, mm, that gets me so fired up. I want to be a part of building that city. And God dignifies us by saying, that's what I want you to do. That's incredible. So I just want you to know that you have permission to make decisions in your life. You have permission to goal set, to make uh, proactive advancements because you think, I think this is good and helpful for me, my family, the kingdom, my community, the world, uh, to my craft. I think this is helpful to my coworkers, my um, people at my church, my friends, the people I mentor. I think this is just helpful for them to experience, do, have, and see. So do it. You are more provided for and held than you could ever imagine. Hey, you know what else you have permission to do is uh, speed up the next 15 minutes of this recording because admittedly, I I usually don't listen to or re-listen to anything I record because I mean... Hi, do you want to listen to yourself talk all the time? Um, but I happened to just get this feeling today, like, you know what? I think what I recorded last week um, or the week before on my birthday, like, I really think it has some significance for me today. Um, so I re-listened to it and I realized, man, if you're in the mood for a sleepy bedtime meditation, the first 15 minutes of this recording are something that you'll love. The content, uh, if I do say so myself, is very significant. But yeah, feel free to do the, like the 1.5 or 2x speed. But then stay tuned. Whoa. Um, the middle is, uh, I'll briefly um, read Genesis 1 for you so you get the context Uh that's really, really important for how we understand our own decision making uh, or theology around decision making in our careers and our creativity. And then I'll go into a really powerful metaphor that I wish more people thought about. Then um, finally, just really practical of kind of the charge this gives us in our career too. So I really hope that you enjoy this birthday reflection with me and... Yeah, feel free to <laughs> speed it up for the next few minutes as I uh, sound kind of slow, but it'll be great. Well, hello. Welcome to Answer the Call. I just decided that I wanted to record this impromptu little note almost to myself, but I thought, I think God is really encouraging an idea in me that might really, really uplift you too. It just, okay, it's about the approach and mindset and energy that we have towards the decisions that we make in life and how we lead our life. Because today is my 28th birthday. It's November 3rd, 2021. And I have just been enjoying the morning and I'm about to go to my favorite dance class in town. It's a cardio hip hop dance class and it's so fun that I'm going to have lunch with Kirsten and we're going to go to Red Bud Isle. Our, well, it's raining, hopefully. Uh, it'll still be all good, but that's our favorite. It's just like such a magical place in Austin in nature. And then we're going to go to a dinner at a really nice place that I've been dreaming of going to for years. And I'm just, you know, I think that birthdays are such an amazing time to reflect on 
how grateful we could be for where we've been and how grateful we are for right now and to capture and deepen learnings from that reflection and then to think a little bit about what's next god where where am i going where do i want to go where do you want me to go lord um let's like i i want to do big things for you and as i've just been thinking about that this morning this realization hit me of honestly i i really like listening to other podcasts and reading books and whatnot in the personal development space and listening to ways that are fun and exciting about goal setting and imagining what's next and unfortunately i really just see that in the secular space and for years that has really kind of confounded me of god like is this ungodly is this not of you is this like taking my life into my own hands is it bad to goal set or to imagine thriving and just take some pretty logical um, god-ordained steps to getting there and is that is that bad oh man am I focusing on myself (laughs) and I just keep on snapping back to no that's crazy (laughs) like the God was the first. He's the creator. The first thing he told about us about him is that he is a creator. And then he became a father to us. And then he showed how much he cared about beauty, about thriving, about multiplying. And then he gave us this incredible identity. I'm talking all about Genesis 1 that I was just thinking about. Like, he says, you are made in my image. I am anointing you as my image bearer. Now go be fruitful and multiply and increase in number all over the earth and rule and subdue my creation. I really think that the kingdom of God, you know, Christ followers like me, I think that we should be the most empowered people on the planet. Like our father? Wow. (laughs) Like the most empowered people on the planet, the most creative, the most secure, the most confident, the most advancing um, and strategizing and providing for others and um, the most full of uh, people with the hearts that are the most full of praiseworthiness, like praising our God, praising and encouraging and affirming other people, while also coming from a solid sense of identity of like, wow, thank you, God, for how you made me. And I am not going to diminish myself out of actually an improper theology around like, oh, I'm just, you know, a little bag of dirt that like doesn't really matter and that's the juxtaposition and I think that um that the bible many people like to treat it as a document with 
uh, a singular extremes that they could accept, but I think it's a uh, an account of tensions. How I fully acknowledge that I I am like a bond servant to Christ. My life is not my own. At the same time, <laughs> God Himself said, "I am a royal priesthood. I am His daughter. I am adopted. I am chosen, not of my own merit, but because of His goodness. I'm His image bearer." And that, that is incredible. So anyway, I wanted to talk about this from, or get on to recording this just to share about what I feel this means in terms of implications for our careers. Because how did God make his creative decisions and and how did he decide to use his future? And go back to imagining the creation account in Genesis 1. How did he make his creative decisions? What did you imagine he might be feeling or thinking as, I'll read some of it, as he was um, in this story of in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. There was nothing. And then, it was nothing except him. And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And darkness he called night. And there was evening. And there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. And God called the vault sky. And there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, Well, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with the seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that that was good. And there was evening, and there was morning on the third day. And God said, let there be light and lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs that mark sacred times and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light to the earth and it was so god made two great lights he made the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And he also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky 
and to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning on the fifth day. And then God said, let the water teem with living creatures. Let the birds fly above the earth, across the vaults of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning on the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kind, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds and the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds and God saw that was good now the kicker then God said let us let us the Holy Spirit Jesus the word that was with him from the beginning of the of time so God then God said let us make mankind in our image did I also mention the Holy Spirit yeah okay whatever <laughs> let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, in our likeness, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moved on the ground. Okay, that, how do you think God made his creative decisions? What do you imagine he might have been feeling or thinking? Of course, God's thoughts are so above our thoughts that how are we even to imagine them? Because <laughs> he's God and we're, our, his, we're his creation. But it seemed, I just noticed like how he was focusing on what is good. And then he would create something. And he would say like, let there be light. And it was so, you know. And sometimes I think, what would it look like? for us to approach our career with that out of that sense of being an image bearer in this way because sometimes I just think like what if we approached our career with this creative like and that was good and let's let what the heck let let it be so okay let's try it I mean that seems like it would advance beauty advance order advance goodness and be a praiseworthy thing for the Lord I it doesn't seem like I have to overthink it that much like I really okay I'm feeling equipped and anointed with this idea let's go okay let it be so 
instead of freaking out over our careers and worrying about making a single right choice in the abundance of all creation and just hitting that tiny target, otherwise our abundant and gracious father will no longer be abundant and gracious to you. And just let's imagine for a second, if you're a parent, or you can imagine being a parent, imagine how joyful and exhilarating it is to see your child having sweet confidence about who they are, knowing that they're loved, knowing that they are held, knowing that they have been created in just the right way by their Heavenly Father. And imagine how sweet it is for them to be so creative and announce their ideas to you and show their little projects to you that you're like, who taught you how to do that? You just figured out how to make that Elmer's glue and those marshmallows and little wooden sticks like into this palace. That's amazing. That's amazing. Nobody taught you that. You just came up with it. Wow. And then imagine how you cheer them on. And even as the adult, you're letting them know, wow, do you even know all the reasons why your this creative act it pleases me and like good job and I see all these amazing qualities that you're growing and look this is even how these qualities characteristics and skills that you're exhibiting my child this is how they're going to help you in your life and how they're going to help others and why they even uplift me to see you exercise them we say those things, even though, the, and that um, affirms the child even more, even though they were like, I just thought this was good, so I did it. <laughs> and on the other end of the spectrum, imagine a child who's scared to do anything, who needs you to do and say everything for them as a parent, who refuses to try new things or think unique or original thoughts or go out on a limb and say, say what they think or talk about who they really are or put themselves out there in any way. They're in a preservation mindset and they need you to do and prod them along and care for everything and say everything and order for them at every restaurant, even as they go into their teens. Can you imagine? Think of a child who has to ask permission to do everything and think of that child growing up and how exasperated and honestly worried you would be when they're in college and young adulthood and they're not taking ownership or having a a, a exhibiting proactivity and creativity for advancing their own life like you have to be the kind of mother or the kind of father that Googles everything everything for them and presents ideas and says, hey, I really think it would be good for you to major in this and study this. And there's, here's these three scholarships. And then I asked a couple of the other moms and then I wrote this essay and it really seems like these two clubs are going to position you well for life. Um, that might give you fleeting pleasure if you like to exert a lot of control over your child and make them into you. But in the end, I think that really squashes everybody and it doesn't even please you to exercise because all along your intention is probably, I I really want them to step into who they are. I just want them to thrive. I just want them to know that they could do this Googling. They could do this, uh, these 
advances, make these advances in their life, they could have creative thought about it. They could be proactive and they could use all of this to help our family flourish, to help themselves flourish, and so much more to help others flourish because they're not just living in debt or living with me. They're going out and they're doing a good job that they really believe in that they, wow, they're really making an impact. And even more, wow, as they're so joyful and energized, even as they come home from work, look at how they're pouring into their roommates. Look at how much extra energy they have to develop significant relationships in life. Look at how they're even seeking out opportunities to volunteer or create, have that creative spirit as they advance their community. Wow, my kid has such an amazing life. That delights me. Can you imagine that? Do you feel it? What's the learning that's coming up for you as we're thinking about these things? What's the learning that's coming up for you in this that when taken into the future will allow you to easily and effortlessly lead a life that advances joy, provision, and beauty for the kingdom of God? This is all, notice that, Notice whatever came up and lock that in. Take it with you. This is what I believe is the difference between an abundant biblical mindset, not a, an abundant I am my own God new age mindset, which, you know, some people espouse. I, I personally align my life with the knowledge of having, like, my life is not my own. Anything that I do that is creative, advancing, good, just honestly a proactive decision, I do it to go back and please my father. Well, on a good day, obviously, I'm selfish, just like everybody else. But um, uh, the Holy Spirit helps me with these things. And I think, you know, I bring up the parable of the talents so many times on these podcasts and in my career coaching work because it's just so practical. And, you know, it's the story in Matthew 25, I think, verses 14 through 30, that's talking about the master who was going away on a long journey and he entrusted his wealth and all his belongings to three different servants. And one of them buried the talents, or that's the term for, I I guess, pieces of gold. And he buried them into the ground because he was scared of losing anything. And he, since he didn't, none of them received any direct instructions from their master, he decided it was permissible for him to do nothing. But the two other servants, even though they also didn't receive any explicit instructions at all, they decided, I just think it would be pleasing to my master to, do you remember these words? be fruitful and multiply given the creation that he's put in my hands for right now and because they did because they did he said well done and good good and faithful servant now come and share in your master's happiness and the master of the in the parable of the talents that represents God our father was pleased with the faithful servants because they created 
even more. They multiplied. They created even more from the initial inputs they were given without any instructions, just because they thought, well, if this were my money, I think I would want that done. Hey, I'm here. I have opportunities. Let's go. I think this would really please him. Like, I I want a good report. I want him to come back from this trip that I don't know when it's going to end. I don't know the day that's coming when he'll be here knocking on my door, but I want to have something to show for it. That parable is about our lives. You don't know your last day that's coming. You don't know when it's coming. You don't know. So that's why we act today. We get going today. We don't severely overthink what what is the best uh, place that I'll get the utmost return on advancement. We exercise a reasonable wisdom and research, and then you just start doing. <laughs> you just start going. Otherwise, you know, you could overanalyze things into oblivion until most certainly, I mean, even if you could talk about all the plans that you have for your life, you're still functionally the servant that has all those same inputs dormant buried in the ground. It does not matter what you talk about. It matters what you do. What is the action that comes from the wellspring that is your heart? It matters what you do. It matters what you create. And what I wanted to encourage you in through this is let's make our career decisions, which isn't just one scary, enormous, tiny bullseye event that you have to hit just right in your life. It is every single day that you make new decisions. I'm making new career decisions all the time. I think that my career pivot is and y'all probably know that story or heard that story of um, pivoting out of a corporate career in technology consulting for a big uh, consulting firm um, into starting my own career coaching practice, starting my own business and figuring out how the heck I was going (laughs) to like find my own calling and then help others do the same in a clear and methodical way that uh, exudes peace and confidence and wisdom most of all, out of praiseworthiness for the Lord. Um, and I just really don't want you to think that's the story, though. That was the beginning. That was like Genesis 1, verse 1. Like, realized I was at the threshing floor, needed to, um, you know, make a pivot, but... In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Like in the beginning, I was a 24-year-old trying to figure out my career. And now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. But then there's how many more verses in this chapter? 31. Let's take that. Like think about there's like a billion micro decisions throughout your career. And there's so much grace for you in each and every one of those. And you could own every day exercising that image bearer like creativity, that boldness. Again, I think that Christians should be the most empowered, held, secure, healthily confident, not self-conscious, clear behind the eyes, creative, excited, excitable, joyful, like beauty advancing, order advancing, 
kindness advancing people in the world. Whether you do that with a spreadsheet or a paintbrush, I don't care. (laughs) Just do it. Just do it. Because to the point I started with, if you think that it is secular or worldly to just create because you have permission to, that will, it already is crushing you. That wasn't the, it's never been the story. That has never been our story from Genesis 1. New Age does not own goal setting. New Age does not own prosperity. They do not own human flourishing of mind, body, or spirit. They do not. We do. We are the image bearers of God. God owns all these things. And so I want to really, really distinguish as I am really asking and commissioning you to lead your career with an abundance mindset, having so many options to exert your authority as the Imago Dei out of the of an image bearer of God with uh, enormous create, creative power and thought and um, support from your father. I really want versus a scarcity mindset, which says, I, you know, I, there's just so many opportunities to displease God. And I really have to make sure I'm doing the right thing. And when I say, what is God's will for me, I imagine one tiny path. And God is actually not good, because there's just a million ways to fall off of it, and then just screw over the rest of my life. Oh my gosh, God is so much more willing to make your life a fertile ground than you are. He is our redeemer, redeemer. So even if you made the most obviously horrible decisions for the next few years of your life, like God goes out and claims you again and again and again. He is the one that makes your life fertile ground. He is the one that makes your life pleasing to him. So again, we have the most insane permission in the universe to be the most secure, creative people that have ever walked the face of the planet. And what I want to say as the difference between uh, exercising an abundant, abundance mindset in your career from a God of the Bible glorifying place versus a... Um, you know, kind of more mainstream universalist spirituality place, I would say it is that we are not creating because we are God. We are creating because we are shadows, image bearers, reflections of God. And so we create from the Father with the identity the Father gave us using the materials he set in our hands. Because God started when there was nothing, but we start with context. We start with a toolkit. We start, we were, we don't choose our identity. We were given identity. Like I cannot make up the fact that I'm a very quirky person that <laughs> like, I don't know, just, I guess it's kind of makes people chuckle a lot, that I present very youthfully, that I have this kind of giddy childlike spirit, that I also can be fiery. I have tried to deny my nature so many times over my life out of the belief that some other way was more godly or more image bearer like. I can't. 
See, I have context and you have context and we can't deny that. I can't create myself. I, God gave me life. God created me and he also gives me my days. He set them out before me. He decided where I was going to be born, when I was born, what skills I would have, what I'd be incredible at, what I'd be terrible at, what I would love doing and really uh, like exude my father's um, like character to other people at, as I'm doing these things versus the ones where I exude misery because they are so bad. <laughs> like he decided all those things, those skills and abilities. And so what I'm saying is he created uh, like out of nothingness because he's God and he could do that. And we create um, out of, like, we create from a distinct toolkit and unique context. So he could create from a blank slate, but I create with the toolkit and the unique context because I'm his creation, you're his creation, and because it glorifies him. So again, a calling is from God to be used for God, to be exercised with his strength, to be exercised or done through his strength that he empowers you with, done through the creativity that he empowers you with. And I'm talking about like he gave you a mind that has ideas right now and you could use them. You don't have to always automatically assume that anything you think of is going to be so wildly outside of God's will. Like, is it a good thing? Is it helpful to others? Is it healthy for yourself? Does your community generally say, yeah, Amy, that's a good idea. You should go for it. Do it. Okay, just do it. So anyway, um, so we're appointed over things and he's appointed and created the whole universe. So I hope that you're understanding that context. Um, So anyway, but that sandbox that I'm kind of alluding to that you have to exercise your image bearerness over Remember that it is abundant. It is freakishly large. You have so many options. You have so many abilities. You have so many great ideas. It it is abundant. It's a really crazy big, like you could spend your whole life exploring it and still not get to the edges kind of sandbox. It's all of creation, okay? And so um, that's why I just hope to expand, uh, encourage you to be with me in expanding our mindsets about what we have to make decisions based off of. It's not the tiny target that's so easy to miss. You have a lot to work with and you could just get to work just like you when you were imagining that child who comes out of their room and they're like, look at this little fairy castle that I made out of Elmer's glue and silly putty and some Play-Doh that has mold on it and marshmallows. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. I had no idea what you were doing in there. Honestly, I was just hoping you were alive, but look at how creative you are. That's incredible. Honestly, I I think that there's a lot of room to learn from that in our career decisions especially if you are earlier on in your career or feel earlier on just in terms of not having experimented much 
and you're like, oh, wow, okay, I've been at this company for maybe 15 years, and I'm just really thinking it's time for me to do something different. No matter what, if you're um, early in age or just early in experimentation, know that as you make your next big creative decision and your next tiny creative decision and your next medium-sized creative decision, every single one, it is a, a test that allows you to learn about yourself. I'm imagining this, um, this line that, um, that you're kind of casting out your net or I don't know, like an ocean. You're casting out your net to the left and it might or might not get anything in that 50% area. And then you cast it out on the other side and then you learn a lot more and you're like, oh, we got more fish, but it seemed to be pulling harder, like far to the right. So I'm going to cast it one more time in a more defined area and wow. Okay. Oh yeah. There's even more fish right there. I'm going to, you know, I felt it a little bit farther back. So I'm going to cast far to the right and far to the back oh, wow, that was really the landmine. I got it. So I think with every experiment that you do, it's, it doesn't, it's not so much about it being so right or exactly what you were called to do. Oh, sorry, I got scared. I think that was thunder or something going around our house. I'm in the closet. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so with every experiment, um, you learn it's not so much about it being the right the perfect decision the best decision you've ever made the most life-defining decision that sets you up just perfectly it decisions don't really always work like that I mean unless you're getting married to someone that's like pretty defining and sets you on a pretty linear path like I will always be with this person but in terms of career you just make one big decision you learn from that And then you get more learnings from your next right decision and then your next right decision. And I think through this, you more and more get honed in on that map of clarity of, oh, oh, okay. I think this is really who I am. This is really what I have to give. And oh, I said I cared about that before, but I think this is what I really care about. And you know, I thought I was good at this, but I think how I would really describe that talent is ABC, like super detailed thing. And I thought I liked being in environments like this or around people like this. But, you know, I think, you know, slightly to the right over here, that's really my crowd that I feel called to go serve in a a big way. And I'm going to go hard in that direction. What I'm saying, the lesson here is clarity comes through action. And sometimes I think I'm starting to think. I mean, the topic of calling is such a big big theoretical, philosophical, theological concept that I've bitten off to try to grasp more over the last four years. And a new way that my understanding is evolving is maybe it feels a lot more like choosing your calling than finding it. Maybe that's really how it feels. But when I say that's how it feels or that's how you get to it, like through this proactive decision-making, through this advancing, through proactive um, testing, seeking, asking, knocking, that being our model of faithfulness, that forward movement, because, you know, God can only, uh, technically speaking, this is just a logical statement, 
God can only guide an object in motion. Guiding, trying to guide or turn a stationary object is called making pivots that look a lot like drilling a nail into the ground or a screw into the ground. That's what happens when you spin in circles in the same spot. You go down, (laughs) not bored. (laughs) And so that's, I think regardless of it, I'm saying that it might feel a lot like personal choice, but I mean, you heard me talk a little bit about this in the episode I released on Tuesday, November 2nd of like, God, no matter how you feel, no matter if you think that your life was really just an amalgamation of a lot of logic, wisdom, getting advice from other people, making your own decisions, praying about it and just feeling like, okay, God, I'm going to trust that you're guiding me. No matter how you feel about your life or how much it was spiritually led or how much it was logically led, you're being led no matter what. Like many are the plans of a man's heart. And by the way, that's okay. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. All, that, that's uh, Proverbs nineteen twenty one. Also Proverbs 16 verses 1 and 9. Very significant. The Lord is, it is uh, a man's plans belong in, uh, to their heart, but it is the Lord that establishes their steps pick up that foot, trust him and put it down in a God glorifying place. Even if you don't get the full story, you're not going to get the full story. Okay. You're going to have moments of grace in your life where you're like, wow, I totally see why God did that. No, you don't. He's the God of the universe. It's even more glorious than you could even imagine. He is weaving together a tapestry, like a tapestry that no human mind can ever comprehend. And it is good. It is good. Like the... (laughs) That's the whole point, okay? We're talking about Genesis 1. Uh, He, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Our very first day, our very first day of humanity. Do you know what happened? Do you know what happened? We were anointed and affirmed of our incredible value from the only source that has the authority to tell us who we really are because he created us. He's the only one that really knows what he's talking about here. And listen what he says about you and what your assignment is. It was not to exist. It was to rule. It was to advance. It was to rule and subdue, fill and multiply the earth. Wow. Our very first full day of existence, we were anointed and affirmed of our incredible value, given our assignment, and then the next day we got to rest. The first thing that we got to do was rest in the goodness of God and his creation. So let's create from identity, from goodness, and not strive to just scrape by for identity or provision or being right. Like your father is taking care of you. Let's create from a sense of deep, deep, confident. Like I'm so excited that this is who I am kind of identity and abiding in the Lord and a knowledge that we are being sent from that place of rest and abiding. We are being sent out from the Lord for his glory, 
because I love that John Mark Comer mentioned this in his book, Garden City. I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but what I took from it was, wow, we were always meant to start in a garden that was exclusively raw materials bursting with potential. We were always meant to start with a garden and we were always meant to end with a city that's called the new Jerusalem of heaven. That, mm, that gets me so fired up. I want to be a part of building that city. And God dignifies us by saying, that's what I want you to do. (laughs) That's incredible. So I just want you to know that you have permission to make decisions in your life. You have permission to goal set, to make uh, proactive advancements because you think, I think this is good and helpful for me, my family, the kingdom, my community, the world, uh, to my craft. I think this is helpful to my coworkers, my um, people at my church, my friends, the people I mentor. I think this is just helpful for them to experience, do, have, and see. So do it. You are more provided for and held than you could ever imagine. All right. Well, wow. Okay. Uh, I wasn't planning that. Oh my gosh. I have to go get ready for my dance class. Anyway. um, (laughs) All right. God bless. This is so exciting. I hope that this was all good, good news to you.